This is episode 608 of the AWS podcast, released on July 31st, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lynch here with you. Great to have you back. Sporting a bit of a cold, so my best radio voice is in town for you. Now, obviously, a lot has been happening in the generative AI space, and I thought it was probably timely to sit down and have a bit of a run through and talk about some of the things that are available to you on AWS and also to share some experiences of my own in using this new technology. So to start off, one of the most obvious places to apply generative AI is in software development, uh, something close to many of our hearts I know. And obviously Amazon Code Whisperer is the go-to for that uh, because I just reach for that, plug it into my IDE and away we go. Now, what is Code Whisperer? Basically trained on billions of lines of Amazon and open source code, Amazon Code Whisperer is an AI coding companion that helps developers write code by generating real-time, whole-line, and full-function code suggestions in your IDE. Now, there are two tiers. The individual tier, which is free, as in completely free, for individual use, and the professional tier that provides administrative capabilities for organizations seeking to grant the developers access to Code Whisperer. Now, what it basically does is gives you contextual code suggestions. So, as you're sitting there, you can type something in. So for example, you could type something like write code to upload a file, sample data CSV from directory C slash CW demo into S3 bucket AWS CW demo. And it'll just create the code for you, which is quite wonderful. It also uh, supports and recommends writing declarative code and procedural code. So you can do shell scripting and query languages. You can write bash scripts. You can also get great SQL uh, examples, uh, pumped out as well for you. So it just makes it easy. Now, the best part is it just plugs into your IDE. So you just sit there in your IDE coding as normal, but it's doing a lot of the work for you. Now, it can obviously do a lot of uh, AWS related tasks and API integrations. It can also integrate with non-AWS API integrations. So for example, it can suggest code for Twilio's APIs as an example. Now, one of the challenges about um, using this type of technology is making sure you're using it responsibly and you're using code that can be attributed and should be used from a licensing perspective. So this is one of the things that Code Whisperer does really well. It can track continuously all the code for similarities with well-known open source code, and it lets you make informed decisions about which code you use and make sure you provide proper attribution. The other thing that's really important is security. And Code Whisperer can scan code for those hard to find vulnerabilities. Things like the top 10 open web application security project or OWASP uh, problems, um, things that don't meet crypto library best practices, some AWS internal security best practices and others. And this security scanning can take place currently in Python, Java and JavaScript languages with more to come. And it really just lets you understand, are you coding securely? Are you creating problems for yourself that you may run into in the future? Now, another thing it does really well that I really like because it's a task that I hate doing, even though I know it's good for me. It's kind of like eating your vegetables. Uh, A good developer always writes test cases. Based on that, I'm not a good developer. (laughs) But Code Whisperer can suggest test cases and verify the code's functionality. It continues things like boundary values, edge cases, and other issues that often have to be tested. So a nice way to do it. Essentially, it makes you just really much faster at how you can get development done. I find for myself, my coding is far more efficient 
because I kind of know what I want to do and I can prompt it pretty well and it just pumps out code that looks better than what I would have done and uses significantly less dodgy variable names. It also understands the syntax of various function calls, obviously all the AWS calls as well. So I'm not looking in the documentation to figure out how to write a function. It just pops it out there for me. And it also helps me create you know, some of the most fundamental algorithms, You know how many times you need to create a sorting algorithm or a fiddling this, that, or the other. So it just speeds you up. So it's kind of like uh, the equivalent of, you know, in my day when I was learning maths at school, we weren't allowed to use calculators in school because they said you won't have a calculator with you in the real world, which was wrong. Um, this is kind of like the experience of doing maths with a calculator. It's just faster. You need to know the good stuff, but it's just faster. Now, if you work in, for example, uh, a Jupyter Notebook, there is also the Amazon Code Whisperer Jupyter extension. So this helps you create real-time single line or full function code suggestions for Python notebooks in JupyterLab and in Amazon SageMaker Studio. So it gets you up and running quicker with that. Also, if you're in the ETL world, AWS Glue Studio Notebook is now also powered by Amazon Code Whisperer. So it can help you write those wonderful ETL jobs that we like to put together to just tell you how to do stuff. So for example, create a Spark data frame from a JSON file right spark data data frame into redshift etc etc saves you so much time which is a wonderful thing so that's obviously helping you with your own development but obviously businesses are looking far more broadly into using generative ai foundation models and large language models etc in their environments however they're trying to understand what it can do how to use it securely and how to control access to information that is used by the model itself and so one of the easiest ways to do this is to use something called Amazon SageMaker Jumpstart. Now, this is an ML hub, which offers algorithms, models, and ML solutions. So basically, you just jump in there. There's a growing list of open source foundation models, and you can deploy them in your own virtual private cloud. Now, what this means is that data is not being sent away. Um, in fact, direct internet access is disabled in these environments, so you can't have any extended uh, unintended traffic, I should say, both ingress and egress. It means that you can really have complete control over the model and how you use it. Now, the nice thing is you can simply jump in and click and set up an endpoint and be up and running. So for example, recently the, uh, the Llama 2 foundation model was released and developed by Meta. And this is a, a really amazing family of large language models. So it's a collection of pre-trained and fine-tuned generative text models ranging in scale from 7 billion to 70 billion parameters. And fine-tuned in LLMs like uh, Llama 2 Chat are optimized for Dialog 2 use cases. And you can use all these different types in the Jumpstart. So I did this myself. I actually spun up the 70 billion parameter one in Jumpstart because, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> 70 billion is a lot. I wanted to see what that was like. And I was able to click a button spin it up and start using it straight away, which was pretty, pretty nice way to do things. Now, all it allows you to do is basically get up and running very, very quickly without having to fiddle too much with what's going on. The model gets deployed in an AWS secure environment under your VPC controls. So you have data security and you can get up and running and testing. This is really useful for fast cycle testing. Is this thing going to be useful? Well, rather than building all the artifacts, etc., I can just spin it up I've also got a demo notebook that comes along with my endpoint, so I can just click on the button, I'm into my Jupyter notebook, I run a few lines of code, and I can start inferencing and figuring out what's going on and if it makes sense. 
Now, that doesn't just apply to obviously text-based models. You can also use things like Stable Diffusion XL with Jumpstart, and you can get up and running. So if you haven't come across Stable Diffusion XL 1.0, it is the latest image generation model from Stability AI. And SDXL 1.0 enhancements include native 1024 pixel image generation at a variety of aspect ratios. And it's designed for professional use and it's calibrated for high resolution photorealistic images. It gives you a variety of preset art styles ready to use in marketing, design and image generation use cases across industries. And again, you can get up and running real quick to see does it suit your use case because a lot of us are exploring this technology and what it can do. Now, what about approaches to interacting with these particular capabilities and these particular solutions? So there's a few different things you need to keep in mind. One of them is an approach called ensemble modeling. Now, this has been rapidly gaining traction among data scientists and practitioners. And Ensemble learning really refers to the use of multiple learning models and algorithms to gain more accurate predictions than any single or individual learning algorithm. Now, it's been proved to be really efficient in a number of diverse applications and learning settings like cybersecurity, fraud detection, remote sensing, predicting next steps, medical diagnosis, computer vision, etc. And it has a wide variety of different approaches, things like boosting, bagging, stacking, and blending. But the reason I mention it is there's a really great blog post on how to do this and use this within SageMaker. So I'll include that in the show notes. I think it's an interesting concept in terms of how you don't have to choose one approach, you can choose multiple approaches. Now, speaking of those multiple approaches, one of the biggest challenges you have with those foundational models is they're trained on the information that they have. And many of, that, many of those models are uh, will tell you, hey, I only know information up to this point of 2021, or I don't have specific information about your particular domain. And a lot of customers would like to have the capabilities of these LLMs on more specific information that is relevant to their use case, and also able to provide correct, accurate responses. Now to do this, it needs to have access to the right information that can help it make a sensible decision. And there's a pattern for this called Retrieval Augmented Generation or RAG. And an application using the RAG approach retrieves information most relevant to the user's request from the enterprise knowledge base or content, bundles it as context along with the user's request as a prompt, and then sends it to the LLM to get a Gen AI response. Now LLMs have limitations around the maximum word count for the input prompt. So choosing the right passages amongst thousands or millions of documents in the enterprise is going to directly impact the LLM's accuracy. So to have an effective RAG, content retrieval is a critical step to include that the LLM gets the most relevant and concise information. Now, funnily enough, this is where our old friend Amazon Kendra can play a really important role. So if you've not come across Amazon Kendra, it's a fully managed service that gives you out-of-the-box semantic search capabilities, state-of-the-art ranking of documents and passages. You can use high-accuracy search in Amazon Kendra to source the most relevant content and documents to maximize the quality of your RAG payload, which gives you a better LLM response. Now, the nice thing is, is you can get up and running very quickly, and it has a specific API called the Retrieve API, which is designed for the RAG use case. With the Retrieve API, you can retrieve up to 100 semantically relevant passages of up to 200 token words each ordered by relevance. 
And Kendra also comes with pre-built connectors into things like S3, SharePoint, Confluence, and websites. And it can understand common formats like HTML, Word, PowerPoint, PDF, Excel, and of course, pure text files. And what this allows you then to do is to create permissions, use IAM, and also make sure that you're maintaining your information store within your VPC inside your Amazon Kendra instance as well. So this is a very useful approach to tie together Amazon Kendra, Langchain, and large language models. Now, what if you want to get up and running really, really quickly without doing any work at all? Like it's got to be really simple. So there's a service that is in preview at the moment called Amazon Bedrock. And Amazon Bedrock is a fully managed service that makes foundation models from Amazon and other leading AI companies available through an API. So you can choose from various foundation models to find the one that's best suited for your use case. With the Amazon Bedrock serverless experience, you can quickly get started, easily experiment with foundation models, privately customize foundation models with your own data, and seamlessly integrate and deploy them into your applications using the familiar AWS tools and capabilities. And agents for Amazon Bedrock make it easier for developers to create generative AI applications that can deliver up-to-date answers based on proprietary knowledge sources and complete tasks for a wide range of use cases. And we'll talk about that shortly. But basically what this means is you can access your foundation models through a simple API. It's all security controlled and you don't have to worry about any of the data. So again, getting rid of our old friend, undifferentiated heavy lifting. It also provides comprehensive monitoring and logging capabilities. So this can help you with your governance and audit requirements. And of course you can use Amazon CloudWatch and CloudTrail as well. And I mentioned the concept of agents and let's dive into that because this is a relatively new announcement. And this is again in preview, it's agents for Amazon Bedrock and it's a new capability that lets developers create fully managed agents in just a few clicks. And what this allows you to do is to manage and perform tasks by making API calls to your company system. So it's kind of reaching out from the, the chain of events into other systems. And what this lets you do is better understand user requests, break down complex tasks into multiple steps, or carry on a conversation to collect additional information and then take action to fulfill the request. Now with fully managed agents, you don't have to worry about provisioning or managing your infrastructure. You'll have seamless support for monitoring, encryption, user permissions, and API invocation management without writing custom code. And as a developer, you can use the Bedrock console or the SDK to upload the API schema. The agent then orchestrates the tasks with the help of the foundation models and performs the API calls using the AWS Lambda functions. So you can kind of see how this all starts to fit together. Again, great link in the show notes that'll take you through the process of how this can be used to reach out to the rest of the world. Now, another way to take advantage of generative AI is to have it built into the services that you use. And so there are now generative BI capabilities in Amazon QuickSight. So with the new generative BI capabilities, business analysts can easily perform common tasks using natural language. So for example, they can create visuals in seconds using a new QuickSight Q-powered visual authoring experience. They can fine tune and format the visuals using natural language, and they can create calculations using natural language without needing to know specific syntax. For business users who consume and interact with the dashboards, there's an entirely new type of content called stories. And with stories, business users get the power of generative BI to generate, customize, and share compelling visual narratives, again, using natural language prompts. Now, under the covers of these large language models and lang chains and other cool things that are going on in RAG architectures, 
there's more technology. There's always more technology and specific kinds of technology. And one of those technologies are vector databases. Now, we've got a few things that can help you in this space. Amazon Relational Database Service RDS for PostgreSQL now supports the PG Vector extension. Now, this lets you store embeddings from machine learning models in your database to perform efficient similarity searches. Now, embeddings are numerical representations or vectors created from generative AI that capture the semantic meaning of text input into a large language model. Now, the good thing about PG Vector is it can store and search embeddings from Amazon Bedrock, Amazon SageMaker, and more. So you can have your familiar database platform with this new vector capability. Now, if you are more in the search side, Amazon OpenSearch Serverless also now has in preview the vector engine for that particular service. Now, again, simple, scalable, high-performance similarity searching capability. Basically, you can get up and running and it's really useful for that augmented ML search and generative AI approach using the vector engine capabilities. Far more detail in the show notes, but basically with a vector engine using OpenSearch serverless, you don't have to worry about sizing, tuning, or scaling any of it. The vector engine automatically adjusts resources by adapting to changing workload patterns and it gives you consistently fast performance and scale. As the number of vectors grows, usually starts at a few thousand during prototyping to hundreds of millions and beyond during production, it'll just scale seamlessly. You don't have to re-index or reload your data, etc. Also, the vector engine has separate compute for indexing and search workloads, so you can be ingesting, uploading, and deleting in real time without affecting your customer experience. Now, a lot of what we've discussed so far is software-based. But what about hardware? Well, there are some new instance types. There's an EC2 P5 instance, which is powered by NVIDIA H100 Tensor Core GPUs, which are really useful for accelerating generative AI and HPC applications. So these are now generally available, and these are the next generation GPU instances for customer needs of high performance and scalability for these kinds of workloads. P5 instances are powered by the latest NVIDIA H100 Tensor Core GPUs and will give you a reduction of up to six times in training from days to hours compared to previous generation GPU-based instances. And we expect this to help customers get about 40% lower training costs. Now, these are a significant instance type. You get eight NVIDIA H100 Tensor Core GPUs with 640 gig of bandwidth GPU memory, third gen AMD Epic processors, two terabytes of system memory, and 30 terabytes of local NVMe storage. You also get 3,200 gigabits per second of aggregate network bandwidth with support for GPU Direct RDMA which gives you lower latency and efficient scale-out as well because you're bypassing the CPU on internode communications. These are beasts of machines, that's for sure. Now, another approach from a hardware perspective to reduce the cost of inference, et cetera, is to use the AWS Inferentia 2 chip. Now, this chip is an accelerator that's designed by AWS to deliver high performance at the lowest cost for your deep learning inference applications. Now, we're up to Inferentia 2, and it delivers a major leap in performance and capabilities over the first generation. It gives you four times higher throughput and 10 times lower latency compared to Inferentia. And this is a really great way to efficiently deliver inferences to your customers. Again, there's a great example in the show notes of how to maximize stable diffusion performance and lower those costs using AWS Inferentia 2. Now, with any new domain, there's a lot to learn and often it's daunting. <laughs> Where do you start? And so we've released some uh, training that should help. 
This is a new technical deep dive course called Generative AI Foundations on AWS. It gives you the conceptual frameworks, practical advice, hand-on guidance about how to pre-train, fine-tune and deploy state-of-the-art foundation models. And it is developed by the AWS Generative AI Worldwide Foundation leads Emily Weber. And it is a free hands-on course and the supporting GitHub source code is available for you. And you can jump onto AWS YouTube and get a curated playlist of all the information you need. It is an eight-hour deep dive. So put some time aside from it, but a link in the show notes and it will really help you understand this new world and this new new sort of technology that folks are coming to grips with. And as people are coming to grips with this, organizations are also coming to grips with this new technology and what it can mean. And the speed of this has made it harder for organizations and consumers to assess what these breakthroughs actually mean for them specifically. So some elements that can really help with this is the AWS Cloud Adoption Framework for Artificial Intelligence and Machine Learning and Generative AI, the CAF AI. It's designed to help you navigate your AI journey. Now, it's a mental model for organizations to strive to generate business value from AI and ML. And it's based on our own and our customers' experience, and we provide this framework of best practices for AI transformation and to accelerate your business outcomes. Now, what this does is helps you derive, prioritize, evolve, and communicate a strategy for AI transformation. There's a great uh, article, again, in the show notes talking to you about how to sort of think about this and the virtuous cycle you want to create around that particular journey. You also get prescriptive guidance or an overview of the target state of a lot of these foundational capabilities and how you can evolve them step-by-step to generate business value along the way. We also have a getting started resource center for your machine learning decisions. So this is a machine learning decision guide that can help you sort of get up and running and figure out what fits where and when would I use it? Because again, we believe in choice here at AWS and we're really uh, excited to give you lots of options but often the question of, you know, what do I use? The answer is it depends. Well, this can help you map the it depends world. And finally, as with all technologies, the way you use it is important. And so we reaffirm our commitment at AWS to responsible generative AI. Now, as a pioneer in artificial intelligence and machine learning, we are committed to developing and deploying generative AI responsibly. At AWS, we know that generative AI technology and how it's used will continue to evolve, posing new challenges that will require additional attention and mitigation. That's why Amazon is actively engaged with organizations and standards bodies focused on the responsible development of next-generation AI systems, including NIST, ISO, and the Responsible AI Institute and the Partnership on AI. In fact, just recently at the White House, Amazon signed voluntary commitments to foster the safe, responsible, and effective development of AI technology. We're really eager to share knowledge with policymakers, academics, and civil society, as we recognize the unique challenges posed by generative AI will require an ongoing collaboration. This commitment is consistent with our approach to developing our own generative AI services, including building foundation models with responsible AI in mind at each stage of our comprehensive development process. Throughout the design, development, deployment, and operations, we consider a range of factors, including accuracy, fairness, intellectual property and copyright considerations, appropriate usage, toxicity, and privacy. We build solutions to address these issues into our processes for acquiring training data, into the FMs themselves, and into the technology we use to pre-process user prompts and post-process outputs. For all of our foundation models, we invest actively to improve our features, 
and to learn from customers as they experiment with new use cases. So plenty there to get you going, Uh, lots to dive into in terms of training, in terms of understanding, in terms of enabling your own organization to have a strategy and an approach and to see what makes sense for you. So my recommendation for you is to get your hands onto things. One of the great things about the cloud and about AWS is you can just try stuff, test it out, see what's involved, see if it makes sense, see if it fits, pay as you go, pay for what you use, experiment quickly, fail fast and succeed faster. Lots of links in the show notes about all these topics. I do love to get your feedback. Adibest Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.